So I think the last thing that a launch needs is the pressure that it has to turn out a certain way because we can influence that, us as creators, but we can't control it. This is your time. How can we earn twice as much in half the time with joy and ease while serving the highest good? That is our guiding question here at the Free Time Cafe, your home for heart-based business. I'm your host, Jenny Blake. Join me for conversations with authors, friends, and fellow business owners as we explore ways to free your mind, time, and team to do your best work. Now, on to today's show. Hello, friends. By the time you're listening to this, we will be rounding the corner into the launch week of free time. And at the time of this recording, we're just a couple weeks prior to that. Look at me getting a jump on things. Hashtag made by Monday. Oh my goodness. And I am in March launch madness, full swing. I've always said on this show and elsewhere that writing and launching a book is a privilege that I don't want to harp too much on how hard it is and how grueling a launch. I'm always trying to reorient myself to find the joy and the gratitude and the peace, the calm within the storm. Because I made this mistake with my first book, Life After College. By the time it was launching in March of 2011, I had been working at Google full-time leading up to that launch. By the time the book was out, I was completely spent and burnt out. And everything about that book, because it was my first one, just felt so hard. The writing, the editing, the cover negotiations with the publisher, everything felt so hard. With Pivot, I really made a point, as I've shared before, so I won't go too much into this, but I really wanted to reorient and refocus my attention, not on what's hard and what's stressful, but on how lucky any of us are to create something meaningful in the world and release it and have any amount of attention and interest as a result of doing that. So here I am, honestly, like right at the edge of overwhelm. And I say honestly because I hesitate to talk too much about this side of where it gets stressful and overwhelm. And sometimes I feel like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders. And even yesterday, Michael had to kind of talk me down like, it's okay. You're launching a book. This is how it is. And I recall something that I share often when I give pivot talks is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He wrote the seminal book on flow. And he describes a flow state as that state of ecstatic bliss where time is flying and you don't even notice. How do we get there? Well, he says that flow is at the intersection of challenge and skill. So when we have just enough challenge and just enough skill to rise to meet that challenge, that is when we get into that special magical pocket. And my experience of this is that There are so many aspects of writing and launching a book and building the business back end that's going to support it that I find so juicy. It is just the ultimate creative process. It's so generative. There's so much going on that the chaos of it is really something where I do thrive. But it's edgy because just a little too much, and that's what gets us out of a flow state and into stress and anxiety teetering toward burnout. Now, on the other hand, if we have too much skill and not enough challenge, that's when we get bored. So I think that I could safely say there's nothing boring about a launch. 
if anything, it can get so overwhelming, but that edge of overwhelm is where meaning is. And so I'm always looking for, okay, how to balance all these elements to find that sweet spot. Again, I just keep coming back to this image of calm in the midst of the storm. So there are seven things I want to break down for you. I was thinking about this and I was thinking, why are launches so stressful? And this is my third major, major, major launch. I mean, I've launched many things in 11 years of running a small business. And I even launched things within Google, within the startup. But as far as examining something like a book launch, I came up with seven reasons that it tends to teeter towards stress more often than not. And this is something that I was recently on a mastermind call with fellow authors. And everyone was just saying, oh, my God, you know, they had just come through a launch. They go, Jenny, we don't envy you. <laughs> you know, Good luck. We just finished. I'm exhausted. And it seems that no matter anyone's best efforts, so many authors I know do experience burnout after a big launch. And it almost feels baked into the process. Let's talk about why. For starters, I had a unique circumstance, and I think this is the irony of a book's message, always testing the author to live it to the fullest. On New Year's Eve, one of my team members, who was absolutely vital to so many parts of the business, and I love working with her. I've worked with her for three years. She told me on New Year's Eve that the end of January would be her last month. So she had just made a big move. She had family stuff going on. It's been a crazy two years for all of us. And she did me a favor because she wanted to give me enough notice to find a replacement before the book launched. That said, January was this crazy time then of trying to backfill her role, which ended up requiring three different people and teams. That's how much she had been juggling. So January, instead of working on many launch-related tasks, I was also looking for the right person, onboarding them, offboarding the team member who was leaving. And it was so chaotic. That alone was just a real exercise. It was a real test of all the systems and documentation. And it really shows me as well where there's room for improvement. And I think that the reason I was able to onboard the new teams and people as quickly as I did, it was because so much had already been documented. And even this person who was leaving did me the great favor of staying for that month of January to ensure that everything about her role was fully documented. But still, people are not psychic. Every business is different. Onboarding is just one of those scratchy things that it can be a fire hose of not just information about the business. In a lot of cases, people are learning new tools, especially when they work with me because I'm so obsessed with tools and systems and automation. And then they're also learning the cultural aspect of what is Jenny like? What does she like to work with? You know, what are her pet peeves? I talk about creating a manager manual as a guide to running your business. So what does a manager of the business need to know to run all your operations? People also talk about a manager manual in the sense of who are you as a manager? What's important to you? What are your pet peeves? What do you want your team members to know about workflow and how to best work with you? This factor of team transition may or may not affect you during the exact timing of lead up to launch or during the launch itself. But launches often involve more people than usual. So for example, I hired a fabulous book launch consultant. Her name is Courtney Kenny. I brought on someone new in December. Her name is Haley to help manage the private BFF community. And we recently re-added a private forum in Circle. So she's helping with that. 
And there are all kinds of little things. I actually hired a new podcast production team. Shout out to One Stone Creative and MVS and Ron, who pointed me toward them. They are absolutely fantastic. Part of all this hiring and bringing in these specialists is an effort to take work off my plate so I can focus on the work that is unique to me that only I can do during the launch, leading up to the launch and the launch itself. So even if you're not having to transition a team member who's been with you for a very long time the way that I was, it's very likely that you will want to onboard some new people who are going to help because a launch is inherently creating attention. That's what a successful launch does, as weird as that is to say. The whole point of launching something is announcing to the world that this exists, putting it out there, getting help, spreading the word. And so that is going to create more attention to the business and therefore higher volume. I'll get to volume of communications in a minute. But first, the second thing that I find stressful about a launch is living the book's message or living the message of whatever it is you're teaching. I mentioned the irony of, you know, free time is about free time and a spacious calendar and delightfully tiny teams and such smooth, agile operations. But then, of course, it gets tested. And I find there's this extra layer of pressure, probably self-imposed, of just saying, oh, my goodness, I'm not supposed to struggle with this. I'm writing a book about it. You know, my goal has been to fill my calendar more than typical so that I'm getting on other podcasts and making sure that I have episodes in the can for my two shows. And so my calendar is a little more full. The volume of emails and correspondence is a little more full. The level of logistics ramps significantly up. So living the message of whatever it is that you're teaching about does create this higher bar and many moments of testing to say, are you really living this? Are you sure that not just what you're saying is truthful, but that your strategies work? And for me, part of the test is not, oh, am I perfect and perfectly executing everything at all times, but it's when things go off the rails, can I come back to the advice that I give others and apply it to myself and do that over and over again? That to me is living the message. Again, it's not in never getting stressful, never having a calendar be overwhelmed, never having friction in the work or on the team. It's of saying, okay, but if that stuff does show up, then do the solutions that I've proposed in the book, do they work? And for me, the answer is yes, but it's a skill set. And so that skill set needs to spiral upward to meet the new complexity and meet the new challenges and demand. The third difficult aspect of launching I mentioned a little bit already, the volume of communications. Writing the book, getting into deep creation mode is more insular. It's more inward. It's all about quiet and deep focus and clearing the calendar. What I find during a launch is it's a lot of communication. So for me, the, like I said, the number of things on my calendar, the number of emails I'm sending out, the number of just troubleshooting that my team and I are doing, you know, with the buy one, get one, give one campaign, people get early access to the audiobook via private podcast feed. Well, we got to troubleshoot. If people aren't able to find that email or get set up with a private feed, then that introduces a whole new stream of emails. That's no big deal. It just means we have to figure out who's taking care of it, what's the best way to go about it, make sure everybody gets what they need. Not to mention that this is all happening during tax time. <laughs> oh gosh, I read the other day about there is actually a word, forosophobia, I think, that is fear of taxes. Count me in. Oh, I dread tax time. 
So you get it, though. This volume of communications is built into a launch, and some people thrive with that, and others, for me, that's more in a stretch zone, is keeping up with things on calendar, keeping up with communications. The fourth aspect that can make launches a little tricky is not just the volume of tasks, but the variety. I'll give you some examples. So instead of the task being create the book, create the course, do the deep work, the making, during a launch, it becomes, oh, do you want to do an in-person launch event? Great. That's going to spawn 10 subtasks, like finding a location, figuring out food and beverage, sending out the invitations, confirming that the space is going to work out. Maybe you want to get a photographer and a videographer. So that's one project related to the launch that spawns 10 other things. Okay, then do you want to do a virtual launch party? Okay, great. Do you want to do a Goodreads giveaway? Yes. Do you want to email your friends and tell them how to help spread the good word about free time? Yes. And there is a URL for that. It's freetime.com slash share. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you. There's so many types of tasks and not just about the launch itself, but the business back end. So we're going to talk about that next. What I find is that my attention gets much more spread out and scattered. And again, I don't dislike it. It creates its own sort of chaotic flow state. It's like instead of juggling three balls in a flow state of like juggling and I'm imagining doing this while writing the book and you get this deep focus. Okay, but then the launch is like now you're juggling 10 balls or 100 with five other people and make sure no one drops anything. But oh, wait, you just did. Okay, now you can fix it. And nothing is the end of the world. Nothing is the end of the world. A launch is a privilege. However, the volume and variety of those tasks inherently will make attention feel more scattered. And for me, that's where the stress ramps up a little bit because it's not just, am I doing my one thing, my deep project? It's like, am I doing the hundred things? What am I forgetting? What else could I be doing? What should I stop doing? And not to mention, you know, things like keeping the baseline of the business active. So supporting clients. I have a few licensing clients, making sure all the coaching clients are squared away. Someone on my team manages that. Making sure the podcasts keep running and the newsletters. So all this volume and variety of launch-related tasks layer on top of what was probably already a pretty full business prior to adding a launch into the mix. The fifth aspect that can make a launch stressful is a commitment to building the business back end prior to the launch. Here's what I mean by this. When Life After College came out, there was no business back end. So when I got all of the increased attention and marketing and articles and podcasts related to the book, as all of that increased interest started coming my way, which meant that the launch was working, I became the bottleneck in my business because I was still mostly only offering services that involved my time. With Pivot, I was very committed to building out a business backend that was scalable, that was not limited by my time, energy, and attention. So things like licensing, Pivot coaching, private community. I wanted to make sure it was all built and ready by the time Pivot launched, and I'm so glad that I did that. Well, the same thing is now happening with free time. I want to make sure that in the book I say there's the chapter, are you ready for your big break or would your business break? Part of being ready for a big break or just a big marketing push is, is the business ready to catch that interest in a scalable way? So I wanted to make sure with free time, just like I had learned to do with Pivot, that if someone finishes the book, they put it down and they love it, what are the options? What can they do? 
So there's the BFF community. It's freetime.com slash BFF. Maybe you want to join this small group of heart-based business owners and get added accountability, feedback, and support. There's going to be coaching. So if you go to itsfreetime.com slash coaching, I haven't built out the full team yet, but getting the infrastructure in place to support you if you want to work one-on-one with somebody. Licensing for companies. Even something like building out the keynote that I'm giving for the first time at South by Southwest, which will have passed by the time this episode goes live. I wonder how it will go. I'm asking to my future self. So something like the keynote, well, that requires all the slides and the images and the branding of the deck. And thank goodness I already did the brand strategy, but still I have to implement that brand strategy in the form of a Google slide deck. And I have to get my talking points squared away and I'm going to be rusty. So I did a run through with my BFF community in early March. So every single one of these things is helping to build the business back end, but it takes work. So I would rather put in this work and be a little bit overwhelmed up front. I didn't even mention the free time operations dashboard. That's the thing I'm most excited about is that if you finish the book and you want to, in just a few clicks, implement the entire Notion dashboard that I use to run my operations, you can. That's at itsfreetime.com slash dashboard. But that involves me building out the dashboard and building the sales page for it. I call it the invitation letter which is as complex as the product itself in some ways, to try to get all of it out of my head and communicate to you, what is it? What's important about it? How will it make your life easier? What's the investment? What are the FAQs? But it's so important to me to build this back end. I would rather teeter towards stress, but get it kind of built than have the book launch and have all this increased interest and attention and then be scrambling after the fact or be scrambling to keep building any of that while I'm out there launching and in front of everyone because it's hard to do both at once. So there's this sense of business nesting that happens leading up to the launch. Am I ready? Are the pages ready? Do the links work? Downloads like the free leader kit if you want to run a book club or a mastermind group. Just putting that together. I used Canva for a lot of the book materials. The toolkit, the free time quiz. You don't have to do all this stuff, but A lot of it are things that I knew and I know in my heart will add value to those of you who are reading. And I love creating this whole world around the idea of free time in the book. So yes, I am signing up to do all this work, but I'm just saying that this commitment to the business backend definitely adds a layer to launching that's not just about the launch itself. It's not just about the book. It becomes about the bigger business strategy and business model. We'll be right back just after this. The sixth thing I would say that can make launches stressful is the vulnerability of it. I would venture to say that launching is the most vulnerable part of the process, at least when it comes to a book. I think writing it is vulnerable, and it's definitely vulnerable. Okay, there is a couple vulnerable moments of the writing. One, giving oneself permission to write at all, to say, oh, yes, I have something to say and I'm expert enough to say it. That's already vulnerable. Giving an absolutely terrible first draft to the first developmental editor. I was convinced that when I handed free time the first draft to my developmental editor that he would just tell me it was horrible and I should scrap the whole thing. And what was I even thinking working on this project? Thankfully, he was very encouraging. I'm so grateful. 
getting it to book endorsers, that's nerve-wracking because you're sending a really unfinished, scrappy draft to the people, in my case, that I most respect and admire and asking them to write a glowing blurb while the book is still in a very rough, unedited, unpolished form. But the launching is so vulnerable because now it's saying to the world, here, this thing exists, what do you think? And it's asking all your friends and colleagues, hey, do you mind? Can you help promote this? Would you have me on your podcast? I shared in a previous episode the vulnerability of launching. It's entirely dedicated to this aspect of it. But there's this daily feeling of vulnerability. So not only is there the ramped up tasks and fractured attention and more volume in the communications, but it's the vulnerability of, oh my goodness, I've put so much into this. Are people even going to like it? And that's why it's so encouraging when those first reviews and first photos and text messages come in from all of you who are reading to say, oh, okay, you are enjoying it. Or I love hearing from people who specifically wait to take the book on vacation. That's the highest compliment. I'm always talking about for authors, what I call the treadmill test or the beach test, which is that given the title and the cover and the positioning, are they proud to carry the book facing out? on the treadmill or at the beach, or are they embarrassed? Like maybe they'd rather buy it on Kindle. Let's say it's a pulpy romance novel. Well, some of you might want to carry that facing out, but most of us are going to order one of those on Kindle. So anyway, it's been really a compliment with free time that people want to bring it on vacation, that of all the books you could pack, free time makes the trip. And that's such a compliment. But it's still very vulnerable as the reviews come in, And as I would say, people beyond my immediate community get exposed to the work. I also find it vulnerable being on all these podcasts and not yet having such polished talking points, which is a good thing because nobody wants to sound overly programmed. But some podcasts I hang up and I just think, oh my gosh, I could have done that so much better. Sometimes you have chemistry and rapport with the host, and then sometimes you don't. So It's very vulnerable, this launching. And then the vulnerability of, am I doing it right? There's no such thing as right. And I mean, the one thing that's not on this list that I'm sharing with you today is the uncertainty of what to even do for a launch. Because I've been through this twice before, and I am friends with many authors, at least I feel that I generally know what to do. But I would say if this is your first time, you might also have that uncertainty that you're carrying of, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to put my attention. What would be the most beneficial? The last aspect, number seven, is commitment. What I mean by commitment in terms of adding launch stress is this. Long ago, I ran a marathon. And when I say run, I did jog the whole time, but I'm probably one of the world's slowest runners. So... A lot of people could probably power walk faster than I jog, (laughs) but I was committed and I did it. It was the Nike Women's Marathon in San Francisco, and I trained by myself for many months leading up to it. I did the 15-miler and then the 17-miler and the 20-miler and the 22-miler. Then when the big day came, I did it. I didn't walk. I ran the whole time or jogged again, let's be real, through the hills of San Francisco, and I did it. However. Anyone you know who's a runner or if you are a runner, they all talk about the wall. About mile 20, I hit the wall. And that is where you're just like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I still here? How could I possibly make it to mile 26? And it just feels so hard and it feels never ending. And the wall is just where you're the closest to quitting. 
And then let's say you pass the wall, you get to mile 22, mile 23, mile 24. Okay, by the time it's at mile 25 and 26, you start to have all the people at the finish line. Maybe you're lucky enough to have friends and family that you know are there that you even see in the crowd. And there's this sense of wanting to sprint to the finish that you're like, I'm not going to give up now. I came all this way. I've run my everything hurts. I have my little water packs and my little fuel packs and I've done it all and I'm going to sprint through the finish. I'm not going to walk now. And finishing something like a marathon, it's something to be so proud of. But you just have to get through what Seth Godin calls the dip. You got to push through the wall. And so I think one of the things that makes launching stressful is that it is the culmination of major project and a major commitment of time, energy, attention, and opportunity cost of all the things you weren't doing when you could have been. So whether it's things in the business or even time with friends and family that, like in my case, that I reduced in order to create the book, the launch is this time where I feel a sense of commitment. I'm going to sprint through the finish. And it doesn't mean I'm not tired, and it doesn't mean there have been moments of stress or hitting the wall. But that's what can make a launch kind of stressful, is like, I always have this sense of, I want to do right by the project. I don't want to let up if I can help it when I'm at that last mile. And so because of that, it can mean, and again, I try to be mindful of this, and I do try to keep it balanced, but it can mean sometimes sprinting through the finish, well, where do you set that mark? If it's the actual launch day of the book, well, that's what happened to me the first time around, that you get so burnt out, you're not even present to the launch excitement and activities and the things that happen in the weeks that follow. So it's also partly where do you put that finish line and how do you manage energy to still commit and give it everything you have and then build in the breaks afterward. So before we wrap up, let's just talk about, I talked about all the problems. <laughs> I talked about all the pitfalls and what can make launching stressful. Let's talk about just five ways that I have found to reduce the stress. One, build in breaks before, during, and after. I think it's so important to block off an entire week, if not two in a row, before the launch, during, and then even two months afterward. And there will never come a time where those two blank weeks approach and you regret having set them aside. I can tell you right now. The second strategy, drop the guilt. Part of, I think, what makes a launch stressful where it's not the good stress, you stress, EU, whereas actually the negative stress that leads to burnout is the guilt. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing it right. I'm not responding to people quickly enough. I'm dropping the ball. That guilt is not going to help anybody. And so I try to remember, I'm not perfect. I'm doing the best I can. Launching is chaotic and crazy. And at least to try to drop the guilt. I even have guilt that I'm stressed and then I'm taking it out on the household. <laughs> like it's really important to me how I show up. And I feel bad for Michael if I'm like too mopey or stressed too many days in a row. So just to drop the guilt of that and just let it be and accept the times that it's really exciting and fulfilling and accept the times that it's overwhelming. It is going to get overwhelming because again, flow state, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, Mihai, it's at that intersection of just enough challenge and just enough skill. And the only way we get there is by overdoing it and then pulling back to get to that sweet spot. Number three, drop half of the nice to haves. So as I said, every launch activity tends to spawn 10 to 20 subtasks 
So I find that it's really important, almost like weeding a garden, to look at my to-do list regularly and just say, okay, what half of this can I drop now? And then a month later, okay, great. What else can I drop? Okay, what can I launch in a scrappier way? What can I build so that the minimum MVP, as Eric Reese in Lean Startup would call it, how can I build an MVP here instead of the best thing ever, the BTE? (laughs) Just dropping the nice-to-haves as a continual process. Number four, acknowledge and accept the stress you want to keep. I find it's helpful to remind myself, why is this amount of stress worth it? It's short-term. Why is it worth making exceptions to my calendaring parameters just right now, just during this time? And if it's worth it now, great, accept it. And then if it gets to be too much, time to go back to the rules that I set because I set them for a reason. So during this launch month, maybe I am having more meetings in a given day than usual or scheduling interviews on a Monday or a Friday. I am trying my hardest to avoid those, but they happen. So if I'm going to allow that, great, accept it, know things are going to feel busier than usual. And then when that stress tips to be too much, actually put those boundaries back in place. Fifth and final way to reduce stress during a launch, drop any and all expectations. I think my friend tour, Michael Bungay-Stanier, did a beautiful episode on this for his book launch, How to Begin. You can hear that on his Two Pages podcast. I'll put it in the show notes. It was on his launch day, and he was just talking about how the book was already a success because he got to read the final conclusion to his father before he passed. And it's just so poignant and so special, and that he was dropping all of his expectations about the rest. So I think the last thing that a launch needs is the pressure that it has to turn out a certain way because we can influence that, us as creators, but we can't control it. When I was launching Pivot, I was really in a place business-wise, I was really in between things and I was kind of swinging like Tarzan from one set of business income generating activities to another and I hadn't gotten to the other place yet. I was really in this situation where I needed the money. But at some point, I was putting so much pressure on the book that I said I was treating it like a kid in a child beauty pageant. Like, hey, kid, you got to go win this for the family or else we're going to starve. And it was just too much pressure to put on a book that it like resuscitate or save my entire business. It's too much pressure. So I come back to this kid at the beauty pageant, the child beauty pageant metaphor. And it's like, yes, I'm going to do everything I can to help free time thrive in the world. And I need to remove repeatedly all expectations of what that's going to look like. And if it's going to make a list and how many are going to sell. And, oh, it's so easy to obsess over those things. And they're kind of fun. I mean, why does gamification work? Because we set little targets and we hit them and our dopamine fires. So, of course, making a list where you know, pre-orders count. But if you sell, starts to be in the 3,000 copies, 4,000, you could possibly make, or I could make, the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Okay, who doesn't have a small part of their brain light up to go, could I do that? Is it worth going for it? Wouldn't it be exciting to try? Wouldn't it be exciting if? And then still, I come back to the practice of letting it go. If I can hold that as a fun little game while not creating any additional stress, that's one thing. But if I'm going to start losing my mind just because of external markers of success, that's where I pull back and I'm no longer interested. I hope you found this helpful. 
as I said, we are rounding the corner into Free Times launch. With all of this said, the launch is now just days away, but I could not go into the launch without sharing this side of it with you. And you know that I'm hesitant to do it because, again, I never want to come across as ungrateful or not seeing the good, the glass half full here. But I just want to be direct and honest with you about the experience while I'm in it, truth while it's fresh, as I call it, because I think that that's only fair for each one of us to illuminate the positives and the challenges. I know that those are the podcasts that make me feel comforted when I stop listening, when I go, oh my goodness, I'm not alone. I'm so grateful that this person that I'm listening to has been so willing to be open and vulnerable and share all sides of something with me. So I hope that's what I've been able to do here for you. Thank you so, so much for being here, listening, everybody, for supporting the free time launch, for pre-ordering your book if you have. And if there's one favor I could ask of you next week, it would be to head over to Amazon and leave a rating and a review. I'm going to try speaking of gamification, try for 100 reviews during launch week to help other people see and determine if they should get a copy of the book. Thank you so, so much again. Have a beautiful rest of your day, everybody, and happy, happy launching for whatever it is that you are working on right now. If you've listened this far, you get a gold star. Thank you. Word of mouth is the most joyful way we can grow this show and it helps us land interviews with the luminaries and insightful guests that you would most love to hear from. Please send this episode to a friend who might find it helpful. And for show notes and related links from this episode, visit itsfreetime.com. While you're there, make sure you're subscribed to the Time Well Spent newsletter. You'll get instant access to my tech toolkit, a continually updated list of all the software I use, along with the total monthly spend to run my business, where no one works full-time, even me. Visit itsfreetime.com slash join. Remember, you are running the show. It's time for radical reimagining and everything is up for grabs. Let it be easy. Let it be fun and build with love.